0: Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Thanks to Isaac and the team. Good evening, everyone. Tonight we'll find ourselves in chapter 2 of Corinthians. We are two chapters down in our series through the book of 1 Corinthians um, as we journey through the theme, Corinthian chaos. Tonight I want us to notice that Paul is going to suggest that it is the immature members of the church who are able to draw the mature away from the truth. He'll then show us that this pathway to maturity is not a work that we can do in and of ourselves, but we need the third person of the Godhead, the third person of the Trinity. We will need the Holy Spirit to take us on this journey of sanctification to maturity. Last week, I spent some time trying to portray to us, to teach us from God's Word, that the preacher... Myself, Pastor Charles, Isaac, anyone else who will be behind the pulpit is only a vessel, an instrument in the hands of the Redeemer. Last week we saw Paul revealed the man. He was weak. He was fearful. He was trembling. He revealed the method. He did um, he did not preach or he did not come to the church with lofty speech or syllabubs. And we saw his motive of preaching, and that was um, that the man would was that men would look to the wisdom of God and not to the wisdom of man. Tonight we will spend time looking at the message, the message of the preacher. If you can turn to First Corinthians and we find ourselves in chapter number two. Now, as you turn there, uh, I've I've been watching what is dubbed to be the biggest reality show in Australia. In fact, one of the biggest reality shows in Australia. And as usual, I'm not going to tell you what the show is. But in this particular show that I was watching, there was a cheating scandal that was brought to the surface. One of the competitors got a photo that gives them an advantage in the competition and they shared this photo with fellow with one other team which were part of the competition. Long story short, they get caught. Now when they get caught, she the contestant, she now goes into damage control. Now, you can imagine the producers were licking their lips. This is exactly what TV is made of. They milked this cheating scandal for all it was worth. I think for three episodes long, they spent time unfolding this scandal. Anyway, she goes on to tell the contestants, she calls the producer, and she has this tell-it-all session with just the producer and the cameras, and she shares with them what she called her truth. She prefaced every answer that she was asked with, this is my truth. What I found ironic was that as she was going house to house, almost gave it away, sharing to the contestants um, what her truth was, one of the contestants happened to be a homosexual couple, and they questioned the phrase, her truth. Interesting. They said these words, There is no such thing as her truth, but there is only the truth. Ironic. So I sat there and I thought to myself, this is a very good representation of the world. The world believes that there is such a thing as your truth and my truth. And because the truth is so fluid, the scriptures are not sufficient to address everything regarding life and godliness because the Scriptures have not caught up with the relevance of today. Unfortunately, this mentality has crept into the church. Yes, we believe that the Bible is true, but there are those in the church who don't believe that the Scriptures are sufficient for all things, for they are caught behind. So with that, we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Verses 6 to 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 16. And it reads, Yet among the mature, we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God declared before the ages for our glory. Verse 8. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. God, likewise, as we gather together tonight, God, as we go through your word and as your spirit ministers into our hearts, Lord, he brings to surface, Lord, how sinful we actually are. God, you bring to surface our great need for you and our great need for a savior to redeem us. God, I'm grateful for all in this room who have been redeemed by you. That, God, your spirit lives within us and those sinful men, we can understand your word because we've been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. But I pray tonight, Lord, for, for those who do not have eyes to see or ears to hear. I pray, Father, that you would save them tonight so that they too would understand the things of God. Lord, my mind is blown when I see from your word that we have the mind of Christ. God, I pray that you would encourage us tonight of this truth that as your spirit ministers in our hearts, we can know God and we can know the mind of our God. So encourage us, encourage us, Lord, by the ministry of your spirit tonight as, Lord, we see him at work. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing I would like us to notice this night is the message is a mystery, The message is a mystery. Verse 6 says, Yet among the mature I do impart wisdom. Who are these people who can receive the word of God? Who are these people who can understand the message that was given, the message that was preached by the Apostle Paul? He calls them the mature. You see, the jury is out on who the mature were. Are these mature people those who have simply been saved, or are the mature people those who have been saved and are growing believers who have graduated from the milk to the juicy pieces of steak found in the scriptures? Well, we'll see next week that he's going to address the Corinthians who he considers immature. He's going to say in chapter 3 and verse 1 Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Verse 2, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. So we can conclude from looking at chapter 3 that the mature are those who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are filled with the Spirit of God. They are freed from the world's wisdom. And they have been illuminated to, to true wisdom that comes from God. Alistair Begg shared in a sermon. He said it is possible. It is possible for those who have been converted for a long time to actually be immature. And for those who have been saved for a short time to be more mature than those who have been converted for a long time. Because their growth as they submit to the scriptures and as they are filled with the Spirit and as they are zealous for the things of God is exponential. And they begin to run past those on the journey of faith, those who have been on the track much longer. So you might have been a believer for 10 years, 15 years 30 years or longer. There's not much of those in this room. But the truth is, your age in the faith does not always equal maturity. He then goes on in that very same sh- sermon to explain an illustration of a man, a pastor who was describing his church. Listen to the description of that pastor's church. The pastor said to Elster Begg that people were coming back to the evening service. These people who are coming back to the evening service are the folk who were recently saved. You see, as an aside, they didn't know that they didn't have to come back. They were just crazy enough, they were hungry enough for the Word of God, that if there was a chance to have two meals a day, they were there for it because they were zealous for the things of Christ. It was to these people that the Apostle Paul was speaking to. It was to these people that the Apostle Paul is imparting the wisdom of God. It was to these people that God would reveal the secret and hidden wisdom of God. You see, the truth is, where true conversion takes place, there will be a hunger and a thirst for the word of God. For we sang tonight, where else shall we go? For he has the words of eternal life so what is this message number one it is out of this world Paul says in verse 6 although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away for a moment think of the greatest minds who have dawned human history Think of the greatest leaders, good or bad. Those those strategists, those those who were who were ahead of their time as leaders. Think about the wise men of Joseph's day. Think about the magicians of Moses' day. Think about the wise men of Babylon in Daniel's day. Think of King Nebuchadnezzar. Think of Pilate. Think of Potiphar and Pharaoh. Think of Einstein, Murphy, Newton, Alexander the Great, Nero. Think of Edison. Or about Abraham Lincoln. Think about the queen. What about our political leaders today? Whether red or blue or whether yellow and green. All these leaders have and some will still pass away. But all these leaders are incapable of producing or understanding the wisdom of God in and of themselves. The brilliant scientists with their doctorates, the inventors, the fundies in technology, the philosophers, the physicians are no better equipped to understand the gospel than the man on the street. Paul is saying that man's observation or man's instinct are useless when it comes to the gospel of Christ. He tells us in verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Church, I hope you don't miss the point. True gospel preaching is a wisdom infinitely higher than that of the wise of this world. We are proclaiming God's message in God's power for God's glory. The gospel is God's eternal plan of redemption for his people. It's his wisdom which is foreign to the wisdom of this age. For this age there are people who are crooked and perverse. Where people are stuck in their sins and their sins have twisted their minds and have blinded their eyes to the gospel of God. They have eyes but they do not see. They have ears but they do not hear. You see the rulers of this age were so blind that they thought that they were defeating God. They thought they were defeating his plan when they crucified Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. However, they were actually fulfilling his purposes. They were only bruising his heel, but he was crushing their heads. Had they known that they were achieving God's eternal decree, they would have never killed Jesus because killing Jesus was only a W for God and actually an L for them. Again what is this message It is God's revelation It is God's revelation verse 7 and 9 But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed from sorry which God decreed before the ages for our glory they are holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. They are the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They are breathed out by God and are profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. What is this word? This word is alive. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. This word will endure forever, and it is by his word that God is revealed and souls are saved. See verse 9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, no heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You see, Paul in in verse 9 is quoting Isaiah 64 verse 4 to 8. Please turn there. Turn to Isaiah 64 verse 4 to 8. If your hands are too cold, you can also just check it on the screen. Isaiah 64, verses 4 to 8. 64, verse 4 says this. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by ear, nor eye has seen a God besides you. Who acts for those who wait for him. Verse 5 You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry when we sinned. In our sins we had been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. Verse 8, but now, but now, O Lord, you are our Father, We are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Did you catch that? Why would Paul quote Isaiah 64, verse 4 to 8? Well, remember chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verses 26 to 31, Remember Paul made the argument that God chose, God chose, God chose so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. Remember Paul said again in chapter 1 that because of Him, God, you are in Christ. Why? So that the one who boasts would boast in the Lord. Remember in chapter 2 that God used a weak, a fearful, a trembling man who spoke simply so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man but in the power of God. Do you remember all that? Paul hasn't broken away from that theme. The message is hidden. It is a mystery. This message must be decoded. It must be illuminated by the Holy Spirit for us as mankind to understand. Why? Dead men cannot respond to that which is living unless the Spirit of God brings them to light and brings, sorry, brings them to life and brings to light that which was in darkness. The scriptures contain things that we've never seen or imagined. They contain, that, they contain things that cannot be understood by human reasoning. Things that reveal to us that the best is yet to come. Things of God that cannot be perceived by the eye or by the ear or by the heart, but must be revealed by the Spirit of God. And that's our last point for tonight. The Spirit of God reveals this mystery. The Spirit of God reveals the mystery. I'm actually going to close with this point. And as I share the sub points to this point, I I want you to listen to these sub points as reasons to lead you to worship God for the ministry of His Spirit. I want you tonight to pause for a second. Think of how privileged you actually are as a believer. Ask yourself the question, where would you be if it wasn't for the Spirit of God? I can tell you. You'd be reading these words and you'd be considering them as foolishness. You likewise would say, I have my truth and that man is preaching his truth. You would be blind to the things of God if it wasn't for his Spirit. But how does his Spirit help us? Number one, He helps us through revelation. You see this in verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We would have never known God if God didn't reveal himself to us. God has graciously revealed his will and his mind in words. Words that were progressively written as he revealed them to 40 authors. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21 says this, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This revelation of God is free from error. It is authoritative. It is sufficient for all things. It is sufficient for all things. Did I say it is sufficient for all things? (laughs) It is sufficient for all things pertaining to life and godliness. Church, praise God. Praise God for the canon. Praise God for the sacred scriptures that give us in detail what creation gives us in part. MacArthur writes, salvation requires a love for Christ. It requires a hatred of sin. It requires faith, faith in the revelation of God in Scripture. And it requires a love for Scripture that is internal, to motivate the believer internally toward the Scripture to understand it, to obey it, to proclaim it. That is why in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10, we have a picture of the coming of Christ and the final judgment. And judgment will fall on those who do not love the truth. You see, God didn't just give us his word in a book, but he gave us his spirit. He gave us his spirit to understand this book, And that is the second thing to give God praise for. Give God praise for illumination. We see this in verse 12 to 14. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of god for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned grace grace does not begin halfway down the alphabet But it is the alpha of our hope. Christ finds us in the drunken stupor of our sins. He finds us blind, broken, and headed to eternal torment. Grace awakens us from the depths of darkness and brings us to marvelous light. Grace takes the foolish things of this world and makes them wise. Wise to the things of Christ. Paul is making it clear. He's making it clear that the natural man lacks the organs of faith. He is dead. He is living the life inherited from Adam. He is the unregenerate man. He is unsaved. He has no ear of faith, no eye of faith. And he cannot therefore receive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. But we, those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the redeemed... Regenerate souls have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. We receive God's word, not, taught, not as taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Is that you? As you're sitting in your chair tonight, can you be considered as one who is spiritual, able to understand the spiritual things of God? When you come to church, do you come ready, hungry, thirsty to receive the word of God? Do you come hungry, thirsty, ready, eager to be challenged about your sins and exhorted to righteousness? Or... Do you wait in your chair like a spectator, waiting to be entertained and impressed by the skill of the orator, by the skill of the preacher? Do you come to church and listen to the preaching and wait for a sermon that will make you feel good? Man, I wish the preacher had the jokes of Trevor Noah, the swag of Justin Bieber, and the speaking ability of Denzel Washington. Church, it is... It is only the spiritual man that can see past the superficial. It is only the spiritual man that can discern between the things of this world and the things of God. The immature are always looking back into the world, longing to taste what once was like Lot's wife. Church, let's not take for granted what a great privilege it is to understand God's word. And to be able to detect that which is of the flesh and that which is of the spirit. And finally, let us praise God for interpretation. Verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Did you catch that? The world will never get you. The world will forever misjudge you. You will always be undervalued. In in uh, in Vanak they say <laughs> They'll always be looking at you, and they'll be asking themselves the question: which one is this one?" And therefore, the world should not shape your worldview. Do not walk in darkness when you have been saved to walk in light. Do not be asking the world for their opinions when you have the word of God which will lead you in truth. Because we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, we have the mind of Christ. We must love His word. We must feast from His word. We must apply His word and we must proclaim His word. Praise God that you in your pew can go home. You can go home and open the pages and understand them for yourselves. You don't have to, after you leave, take a doggy bag of Pastor Charles and Pastor Mark to help you interpret the Scriptures. But you can, by the help of the Holy Spirit, be illuminated to the things of God. So church, grow. You have no excuse. Grow. Grow to love His Word. Be devoted to the Scriptures, for it is by them that we are made to look more and more like Christ. So to close, consider the words of the psalmist. Psalm 119, verse 97 to 104. The psalmist says, Oh, oh how I love your law. I meditate. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Let's pray. Lord, your law is perfect reviving the soul. Your testimony is sure, making wise the simple. Your precepts are right, rejoicing the heart. Your commandment is pure, enlightening the eyes. Your fear is clean, enduring forever. Your rules are true and righteous altogether. Teach us, O Lord, that what the world offers is rubble. It is in fact foolishness that leads to death. But your word, O God, is more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold. They are sweeter also than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, O God, By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So Lord, help us. Help us to keep them as a lamp unto our feet and as a light to our path. Help us to keep them hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. For God, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.